you, what, have you, what, have you, what have you heard your whole life? Tall, is it dark, tall and handsome, right? Or tall, dark and handsome. I'm not tall. I'm like medium black. I'm pretty handsome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like when it comes to me, like I, I joke, but in all seriousness, you talk about um, like society and what it means to be attractive and what it means to like be sexy and stuff like that. And I struggle with that. I struggle with being like, am I, am I masculine enough? So welcome back to I'm the Villain. So today we're going to be continuing our conversation from last week with Marquise about living with disability. Like we're going to talk about some really like deep subjects um, like dating and just, you know, euthanasia and stuff like that. So um, I'm just going to cut to that part of our conversation right now. I can go on and on about dating and being disabled. That's like a whole. Yeah. Tell us about dating and being disabled. Oh, um. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I'm a ladies. No. So dating and being disabled, <laughs> uh, again, straight man. I can, I only know it from this perspective. I can, the, the, my favorite story tells this. I was on Tinder at one point in time and, um, I did not let, in my bio did not make mention that I was disabled and I did not have any pictures shown that I was in a wheelchair. Um, because in my mind it was like, the way I the way I would try to approach um, like a woman or something like that, or just people in general, would be like, I'm gonna win them over with my charm and be like, Oh, by the way, I'm in a wheelchair, you know? Like, <laughs> oh snap. I'm like, I didn't even I didn't even realize it. And then then she would be like, Oh, I don't care that you're in a wheelchair. Come on in. Like, no, that wasn't the way to go. But people I've had women tell me, I had a woman t- tell me one time on tinder and this is a, this is a girl that we, we would talk for a little bit like casually and things were like clicking and i was like hey you know wheelchair and she was like i've never been with a man in a wheelchair and i was like i've never been with an esthetician i don't know what that has to do with anything but okay whatever and she goes um i just don't know if you can like defend me in a fight and i was like <laughs> first of all first of all first of all who are you fighting? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, what do you mean? You're like, like is this something that yeah, I need to, like, what do you mean? What like, I'm not, I'm like, not ready for a fight at all times. No, like, why <laughs> fight? like, no, um, but that's something that happens, right? Because you, what, have you, what, have you, what have you heard your whole life? Tall, is it dark, tall and handsome, right? Or tall, dark and handsome. I'm not tall. I'm like medium black, I'm pretty mm-hmm. handsome. But at the same time, like, when it comes to me, like I, I joke, but in all seriousness, you talk about um, like society and what it means to be attractive and what it means to like be sexy and stuff like that. And I struggle with that. I struggle with being like, am I am I masculine enough? You know, am I like, you know, I'm not. And, and I mean, DeAndre, we were very toxic, me especially as oh, a teenager, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. We said we said things, and that I look back now, it's like. Whew, you know, but part of me being that, you know, person was because I wanted to fit in. In high school, think about how high, how hard high school is for people. You're trying to find yourself, hormones and stuff like that. I didn't date in high school. Um, I hope my mom doesn't listen. I didn't I didn't have sex till I was 17 um, with a person that was not in high school. Um, shout out to her. And, uh, <laughs> like, 
there were girls and stuff like that that I had these big crushes on, but I would never ever approach them because in my mind I'm like she wouldn't she wouldn't talk to a disabled person. She wouldn't why why would you do that? Um and people have asked me, they're like, would you date someone that's disabled? And I'm like, why would not? Like it's not a it, it's I, obviously physical attraction is something that's big, right? You you have to be, you know, I feel like um for the most part, like you have to have like some sort of like attraction to it. And I, I've had girls tell me, and I mean it in a nice way. They're like, I don't look at your physical traits. You know, I, I you know, I don't care about what you look like. I want your mind. And like, that's nice. But like, at the same time, like, I want to look good. I want to, I think, I think, I think it's fair to say that everyone would like to feel like, like attractive and, 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 des- and, and desirable. Um, I, that's not is, is there a, is there also a flip side of like this fear of fetishization though also so i'm glad you asked that yes and i <laughs> found this very 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 recently in the name of the fetish i want to say it's like a trustee or something like that i forgot the actual name of the fetish but there's a fetish to where you have able-bodied people that get off on taking care of disabled people and i remember there's this conversation on twitter between these women and they're like yeah that's a big thing we we have there's guys out there um that they you know and they'll be traditionally attractive men right you know he's tall strong and part of their thing is like i want to be able to take care of a you know like it was mentioned where someone mentioned like can you wear a diaper can i change your diaper like on some like (laughs) like can i see your colostomy bag like what you know like i joke like i've never ran into a person that has fetishized me um i i don't know how i react to that right i definitely have ran into like people that fetishize like black men like you know that's and even me i think that's kind of i don't want to kink shame but like if you're just I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be with a black guy because he's black and it's gonna piss off daddy. Like, yeah, it's still, I don't, it's, it's still problematic. That's not dope. Yeah, that's that's problematic. Um, and then there's also a worry of, um, you know, I, I've had people that have dis, have dated disabled people, and you know, people's family have you know said things or made comments. How could you be with someone like that? How could you, you know? I don't want my person being with this person because they're going to be a caretaker. Those are things that I, you know, have been said. And for me, I like I I I, most, I recently met the person I'm seeing's uh, parents, and they're real cool. They're real chill. They, they care less whether or not I'm disabled or not. But it is is you know you're 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 obviously always you're going to be nervous when you meet the family. Um, but for me, part of my brain, and I, and I remember thinking like right like make sure you're not too and what does it mean to be too disabled you know what does it mean to be like but those are things you make sure you 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 sit up straight and you know my hip might hurt so i don't sometimes i rub my hip i don't want to do that too much um there's there's really there's really not a space or at least a space i found for disabled people to even you know you have like farmersmeat.com or whatnot you can find your eat your ha there's no like disabled meat there's no like disabled tender or yeah. something like that. I'm kind that. of surprised about that, honestly. I feel like there's like so I looked it niche up. dating there, sites for everything. 
there there was, but again, it was geared more towards that like fetish type of deal, and that. No. I mean, I feel like it's like really, it's like such a messy thing to determine, right? Because all sexual encounters involve like some kind of a power dynamic, mm-hmm. right? And like, it just seems like an inevitability, especially if you're, you know, if you're dating an able-bodied person to not have there be some kind of a power dynamic, right? Yeah. And so funny enough, um, in my relationships... I have been more of like, I don't mean this in any type of way, the dominant person. I'm a very outgoing person. I'm a very loud and like, you know, DeAndre. Extroverted. Very loud. Like, I'm I'm the, you know, pressing forward type of person. Um, And I I do think for me personally, because I have such a big personality that I've had people tell me, whether it be like a casual date or whatever, that I forgot that you were disabled. And I don't know how I feel about that. Very similar sentiment to like, I don't see race or I don't see color. It's still, it's still missing something. And it's like, well, no, I want you to see that. And then, and when I, and you don't so much worry about it with like the casual hookup. Right. Because like, you know, I'm never going to see you again, whatever. But when you worry about it with like, when you're saying like, I want to be with this person long term. There are going to be days where I can't get out of bed. There are going to be days where I am in. You're going to see what the world doesn't see. You know, um, I, 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 you know, obviously me and DeAndre play video games a lot. You know, game for the last 15 years. DeAndre, we're getting old. Uh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, like I, I told, I was like, we've been playing video games for 15 years. I'm about to be 30. That's, oof. but for me gaming is something i do to help me cope with like pain if if we're dating are you okay with me just being in bed and trying to like disassociate and trying to like you know and 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 i'd like to think um if you ever dated me just you know leave a leave a comment in the chat i'm pretty sure i was a good <laughs> boyfriend um you know i i try to put the person first um and this is going to sound like I'm capping, but most people I've been with tend to say like, you know, you're a good person. Those relationships didn't end because either person was a bad person just in it for whatever reason. Um, but I am like a very caring and that, but also I, I need, I, I need me time. I need time like in me time in the sense of like, I'm not feeling physically like um, I, I remember there is something an ex said to me one time, and if she's listening, we're cool. I'm sorry, but no, you're going to get put on blast a little bit. Um, where afterwards we were talking, you should never talk to your ex about just stuff like that afterwards, but we did it. And she said one of her worries was she didn't want to become a caretaker for the rest of her life. Right. Mm-hmm. That hurt more than her telling me that she didn't love me anymore. Right. Like that stung because if you don't love me, you know, oh, well, charge it to game. It happens. People, people move on. But like and this particular person, when we dated, they were they had more trips to the hospital than I did. OK, um, I got my wisdom tooth taken out one time when we dated. So I was out of commission for like a week. Um, I actually had to go to a special surgeon for that because of my condition. Um, so that was like a whole fun trip. Uh, 
So, and, and I broke my scapula one time when we dated. Um, apparently, it's the hardest bone in your body to break. Like, people don't break it, and I did it. So, <laughs> you know, shout out to me. Uh, should not throw footballs. So, like, that happened twice. And so I was out of, and this is like a three-year, four-year relationship. So out of that, that large time span, I was only truly out of commission twice. And... You know, obviously, I dealt with the pain and stuff like that, and it really hurt because I'm like, you weren't my caretaker. Like, I remember going out of my way to make sure you weren't that person, and it really, really bothered me, and it's something that, like, stuck with me. It's something that I definitely internalized, and moving forward up until very recently, um, and even now, like, it's something I'm trying to work past, like, the people I've been with since then and the person i'm with now is like yeah no that's toxic that wasn't okay to say like um be, be, we're gonna if you let's say you marry someone right let's you know we follow the traditional monogamy and you marry you know whoever and you guys are uh, take my grandparents for example they've been married for like 50 years uh their bodies are breaking down right yeah they're my granddad they're gonna would, be playing a caretaker role it, exactly like you're gonna be doing that you're gonna be doing that so why is it any different that I'm in a wheelchair? Why is it any different that I am disabled? These are all things I think about. And like, like even now, like I kind of cringe a little bit on the inside because it, you, you worry about, you want to be, I want to be the strong man, right? I want to be the, the, the guy that you're proud. I don't want to be the, oh yeah, that's, and, and, and I think about like, cause you know, people talk, right? Um, I, I wonder what her friends are saying to her. You're dating, you're dating him. Ooh. You know, I wonder what her family, cause you know, family and obviously they're not their family, but like, these are things that when you're disabled, you, it's just, it, it's a, it's an ever present thing. Can I provide? Right. I, I, um, I, I recently did not get, um, this promotion that I wanted and I was, I was bummed out about it cause you know, that happens. And I remember talking to it with the person I'm seeing and I'm like, you know, I, I said, I, I was like, I'm bummed because it would have been a significant um, pay raise for me. And I was like, I just want to be able to like provide and really be a part. And, and, and she basically goes, you know, like, like I got you, like, I'm not worried about that. And she was like, you got to leave all that, you know, masculinity, like, you know, man making more. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you making more than me. I'm definitely not on that. I want to, I would love to be a kept man, but at the same time, I'm just the type of person to where like, if I, if I love you and I care about you, I want to give, I want to be a contributing member of this. And I think for um, disabled people, that's another big thing. You want to be a contributing member of the relationship and people always question, well, how can they be, can they, how can they be physically? How can they be financially or sexually? And it's like, you, you, we, we can be, we, we are, you know, we're, I'm not a charity case. Everyone's reality is different. Everyone's relationship is different. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the dynamic is with, you know, Deandre and the people, you know, I don't know what this next person, I don't know that it's really none of your business. If the person I'm with is okay with it and, and, and they're happy, you know, who cares? I, I will say this, um, maybe not close the door on someone that is just because they're disabled, but at the same time, don't 
you're not doing me a favor by being with me. You're not like doing me a solid by like, you know, hey. Yeah, like you don't it, it doesn't feel good to be like the the guinea pig for someone trying to Yeah. trying to work through their biases. It's kind of a sticky situation, you know? Like it's like and I feel like this is also something that's applicable to like people that don't want to date a person of color or have like stigmas against that kind of thing or don't want to date someone that's fat or whatever it's like you know you don't like you shouldn't use someone as your charity to like learn learn stuff you should like do the reflection internally to figure to figure yourself out and then like do it when you're ready but also like don't shut shut the door on it you know it's a hard balance yeah it's really hard because like if you've never been in a situation like that before you're not I mean, a lot of times you just don't know what you're going to, who, the kind of person that you're going to be in any given situation also, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, can I just say that's growth between me and DeAndre? Because I know for a fact, like 10 years ago, me and DeAndre would have not had that point of view. Would have been like, yeah, use me as your guinea pig. Yeah, if you want to get with me. Oh, I mean, I, 100%. Absolutely. Like, even, even as I was seen, I'm like, damn, Marquise, you're, yo, hats off. <laughs> you know how many times I've heard the, you know, and, not my joke, not my joke, not my joke. But you're, you know, your two legs may not work, but your third leg. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, wait. <laughs> Still inappropriate. Hey, this is really inappropriate. I mean, yeah, but no, don't, that's not, um, or, or, or I hear the, the I've heard, okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be scumbag Marquise for a second. Uh, being brittle bones, I'm going to be like, I don't want to break you. Like that's their go-to, right? And they're like, I don't want to. So maybe we shouldn't like actually like do it. And like in the past, in the past, I've been like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe you can just, you know, just do something else, right? Because like I was a scumbag, I was toxic, and I was just like, yeah, no, I would use that. My thing, my mind would say, if you're gonna, if you're gonna automatically put limits on me because you assume that I'm disabled when it comes to certain things, then I'm going to use it to my advantage as well. Right. And those are not, that's not a good dynamic to be in. Um, but like, there's definitely times where like, even when we've gotten to a point of like actual like sex, they're like, can you do this, that you're going to hurt. I'm going to hurt you. I'm like, like, you're not like, it goes back to listening. Um, I know my limits, right. Um, to, you know, talking to doctors, what I have, the condition I have is it's, it affects, I think, like 50,000 Americans. Um, and specifically, I remember like when I was when I was growing up and I had surgeries and stuff like that, my surgeon would always bring in his where the PAs when they're like doc, his medical students, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he would bring them in because he's like, hey, you're probably never going to see a guy like him again. And they would ask questions and whatnot about my condition. And um Shout out to Dr. Kuba and Dr. Fitch, but they were always like, hey, you need to listen to what he says. Like, he knows his body the best. Um, you got these kids, they're like, oh, yeah, you have osteogenesis type four and da 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 da, this and the third. I'm like, oh, yeah, but you know, it, it goes back to listening to people. Um, if, if anybody is disabled, is listening to this, right? And I could it, it, speak up, right? Like, for me, I did not speak up. I, I, that's something I would, I would, I'm a, I'm a go with the flow type of person. I'm a go with the, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Okay. But, and I, for me, like so much of my life is you're, 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 you're different. 
and you just want to be like quote unquote normal but the question is like what is normal right is able-bodied normal you know uh, you you two people I don't want to assume are, are, are able body, but I guarantee you both of you guys have health issues and conditions that are different that you have to take care. And I mean, it's obviously no one's business but your own to speak up. I know for me, a lot of times I didn't do it because I didn't want to like rattle the cage. I, I wanted to just be I, I was I was in the spotlight for like wrong reasons. Right. And I even think when it comes to like dating, that's one of the things that were like I was kind of like quiet. I would never. You know, if I was there, if there was a, a, a perspective um, a person I was talking to, I, I wouldn't make the first move. I would never, I was never the guy, like, I've never been the guy to go to a bar and, like, pick up a girl. Like, I, I, I to this day, I don't know how to, like, what, what, like, what do you say? What do I do with my hands? Like, do I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to, social spaces right if you if you have a disabled friend maybe ask them like hey what do you want to do because i can't go to bars with deandre right and that's not the i, I just that's not like if me and him if i come to dc I, if i go to a bar I'm, I'm i'm butt level with everybody and that's not fun literally ordering a drink it's me like you know hey can i get a yeah nah so so you know ask the people around you i i think as a society, it would be cool if there was more, you know, we talk about accessible spaces, um, more places to where like disabled people can socialize and stuff like that. Um, that that helps dating because most people, I, I, I joke, but it's true. I'm most people's only disabled friend. I'm, I'm, the, to I'm the token wheelchair, right? Like I'm the token, like, oh, hey, you know, um, Marquise is here. And I do think for me, I also feel a responsibility to try and like represent disabled people in a weird way. Um, me, I, you know, I, I want to be a, a good disabled person, but I'm still learning this. I don't know. I wish I, I wish I was like a doctor or something like that. And I could come in here and tell you guys just rattle off like numbers and statistics and stuff like that. But my everyday life is me just trying to figure it out. Um, and so with me, there's things that I don't bring up. And I, and I like with the person I'm seeing, I might say like, hey, like I'm, I'm hurting. And one of the first, anytime I'm in a new relationship, it's one of the first like kind of, it's not a fight, but like a, 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 a point of contention. Because if your partner says, hey, I'm hurting, your first thing is, how can I fix it? How, what can I do to help you? And my response is nothing and not in a like oh you can't fix this but like literally like you can't do anything and then i remember there's been situations where i where i've like kind of made up things they could do to like help you know because it it, it feels good to like be helpful so like oh yeah if you just you know get me a coca-cola or some what whatever it may be you know um they're like oh thank and because I mean, you want to be helpful, but the conversation has to be had like, hey, I'm going to be in pain and I know it. I just there's nothing that you could really do to stop it. Um, there's nothing that you can really do to like ch change it. Um, and and that's yeah, that's that's just how it is. That's just how life is for a lot of people, for for, for millions of Americans and then billions of people worldwide. I think there's a billion disabled people. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I'm curious how that dynamic plays out with your parents. 
you know? Like, did you, are your, were your parents, like, super protective or whatever? Uh, so, my mother, my mother had me when she was 19. My dad was 23. Um, my parents got divorced when I was, like, seven months old, right? And so, my mom, yeah, my mom was protective. But, as a kid, you don't get it. But, you know, growing up, you 100% get it. So my mom was 19 years old with a baby on her own, a baby that when I say I was fragile as a, as a, as a kid, um, I was fragile. Um, I, you know, I mentioned that I had type four of OI. There's different types. One of the types, I believe it's type two or three, is people don't people sometimes don't make it out of infancy because they're super, super fragile. There is a baby here in my town and I met the baby, but the baby actually died because um sorry this is like kind of dark but like the the mother went to go get her other child out of the bathtub and the baby was maybe like six months old and just rolled over like you know just you know babies roll and they just rolled over on the side and like essentially crushed its rib cage when it did that it didn't fall there was no impact like it didn't fall off the bed it was on the bed and so you know like that could happen so you're a mother okay you're a parent and you're worried that your baby could, that's one thing they tell you, like, you know, watch out for this. You know, if, if I, I can't, I could, we could sit here all night and I could tell you the literally hundreds of ways I've broken bones just by doing people say, Oh, be careful. No, no, no. I'm careful do by doing average things. Mm -hmm. Um, when I popped my shoulder the other week, I was, I was getting in my wheelchair from my bed. I wasn't, I was just transitioning and my shoulder just said, we out um so you know yeah my mom was like really like and and and, and even now as an adult um she i mean my mom she she's she's my mother and my family are as chill as i think would be like as reasonably chill as i can expect them you know like um i remember um i don't know if you were there deandre but this was had to be had to be ninth grade. The first time I ever, 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 ever hung out. I'll never forget it with my friends outside of like going to someone's house, like appearance. We went to go to um, went to, to movies. And I think Dwayne was there. Dwayne was there. Reggie was there. I think you might have been there, DeAndre mm -hmm. um, and our friend Mikey. Mike, if you're listening to this, I hope you're doing great. Uh, and. I remember like for me, it was like a big deal. Right? I'm going to movies with my friends. There's nobody here. I'm 14 years old. I'm basically an adult at this point. You know, like, you can't tell me shit. And so, like, I had a, I, at the time, I, have, I did have a cell phone, cell phone, I think. And afterwards, my my mother was like, are you okay? Like, it was like, I was getting texts, like, are you, are you sure? Are you, you know, you're like, <laughs> if something happens to him, then you need to call, you know, da-da-da-da. Because I'm putting, like, I'm putting you, I'm putting, you know, his safety in your hands. Like, she's telling this to my friends, and I'm like, like this is awful you know yeah, like they're it's never a scenario yeah it's a nightmare scenario um and i'm like you just, just go away um my dad oddly enough it is weird so um i mean my dad have had an interesting relationship but it's 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 okay now he um there are certain things I think they at some point it flipped. So when I was younger, my mother was definitely the more protective one. She was definitely the watch out. My dad was like, ah, he's a kid. Let him, you know, whatnot. And then at some point, 
my mom became the ah, you know, he's whatever, he's doing his own thing. My dad is, are you okay? What are you doing? Where are you at? Are you, like even now, I'm like I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, um, but that was like a huge thing. Driving was a really big thing for me. Um, I didn't get my license until I was 18. I took driver's ed when I was 14. Uh, but I was like, there was no point in me driving. I didn't have a car. I was a spoiled brat. I was like, I don't have a car. I don't have hanging shoulders. What's the point of me learning how to drive? Right. Um, and then they were like, if you get your driver's license, we'll help you get a car. And I was like, okay, bet. So we did that then. And driving, I've been driving for what, 10 years now, 11 years now. My mom, and I don't know, you got, maybe it's like a parent thing, but do you, are your guys' parents like really like, you know, hit the brakes? Are they like, are they chill when like you drive? Skittish, skittish when I drive. Yeah. Um, I think my mom's relaxed a little bit. When I first started out, she was like that. No, my, my parents aren't like that. They're, <laughs> how are your parents? Well, my, my, I'm, I'm a better driver than my mom. And then my dad is like, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm usually, when I'm usually in the car, my dad, he's the one driving. I, um, I think I'm a better driver than them. Uh, it took a couple years ago, my, my grandmother and me and my mother went to a uh, Panthers game in Charlotte. It took me driving, Charlotte's three hours away from where I live. It took me driving them all the way there, all the way back. And I was like, all right, I get it. You, you're, I'll, I'll, I'll ease up. It took like that. And I was like, thank you. You know, cause she would hear me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Raleigh to see DeAndre. And she like, I'm saying it's 45 minutes from where I I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. Do you know where the hospitals are at? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like um, Google, Google's a smile. Like we can, we can yeah, figure it like out. Google, like I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, even like now, uh, so the house I live in is fairly accessible, but like, let's say I need to get something out of like the pantry. I have to um, like hop on like my kitchen cabinet. Um, not not kitchen cabinet, but my kitchen counter, and then like hop up like this, um, and so I just do that. Like that's something I do, and I don't think about. Um, oftentimes, uh, I'll hop on the side of my wheelchair, like the arm of my wheelchair, to grab something. I just do that, and even now, my mom is like, "Are are you good?" Um, to be fair, when I was a kid, I was an asshole. I'll tell this story; it's kind of funny. So, like I said, I was in a lot of body cast and stuff like that. So I was on a body cast like up to like my chest, like middle of chest. So as a kid, being an asshole, what I would do is pull myself up like on a kitchen chair. So I was standing up and I'll look towards my mom and then I would like drop, like I would fall back. My mom would freak. She would freak cause like here's her fucking brittle ass kid falling backwards. I would catch myself of course and like laugh. And she was like, we, we had a conversation recently and she was like, you know, I, I hated it. I hated it then. But she was like, it was almost like your way of telling me, like, hey, I'm going to be okay type of deal, yeah. right? A conversation we had recently. And I'm like, yeah, like, life is dangerous. I'm going, like, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to break another bone. I'm going to have to have another surgery. I actively want to have a hip transplant. Apparently, I'm too young. Um, my doctor won't let me have one. But, like, I want a hip transplant uh, or a hip replacement, my bad. Um, I know, like, that's what's going to happen. Like, I know bad things are going to happen in my life. Um, I'm, I'm as prepared as I can be for those things. Uh, but like, I, I think people have to have that same understanding. Mental health is also a really big thing too with disabled people. Disabled people have some of the highest rates of suicide, depression, and like stuff like that amongst like any like demographic. Um, me especially, 
right? Um, suicide was like a big thing. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. I remember as a, like as a kid, I remember um, I got sent to a, a counselor in seventh grade because like at, it was a point in my life where I was just having, there was a two year span to where I probably was only out of a cast maybe like three months in a two year span. Like I was just break after break, surgery after surgery after surgery, right? And again, when that happens constantly, right? And a surgery isn't just like a quick thing. It is like a two month, like pre-op, you're getting stuck, you're getting, you know, there's catheter, just all this just stuff. Um, I almost died uh, during one of those times. I kind of just stopped breathing a little bit because, you know, that happens. Um, And so I remember saying like, I remember just as a kid, I don't know where it came from. Actually, I think it was younger than that. I was younger than that. I remember being in elementary school saying that, oh, I just want to die. I just don't want to be here. Like, what's the point? And at the time, as a kid, you don't think anything of it, but I feel bad because my mom is hearing her, you know, eight-year-old say this. Her mom is hearing her 12-year-old say that. And to my point, like, you know, suicide is not the answer. But at the same time, like, I mean could you blame me for feeling that way? Right. When you're just, when my whole life is pain, my whole life, like I could not see the point of, you know, you talk about, Oh, you could be a doctor or whatever. I never saw a disabled doctor. I saw doctors all my life. I never saw a disabled doctor. I never saw a disabled actor or, you know, this and that. I grew up in a very big military town. The the cool guys to me were, were army men, right? They were, that, that was cool. Jumping out of airplanes and, you know, being like, you know, super like, like that was the cool thing to do. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and Shaq, those were the guys I looked up to and I could never be like them. You know, I never saw, um, it, it's always funny to me, like, you know, we talk about pride and people are like, oh, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, no, it matters seeing someone in a relationship that you want to like have, right? It matters seeing like same sex couples and stuff like that. Because for me, I never saw anyone that was disabled married. Actually, I take that back. There was one person growing up that I that I did, but even but those people were like old and they were old and they knew each other before she was disabled, like that you know, like yeah. So it was never I did not see the light like at the end of the tunnel. I didn't see the purpose, um, and so I got out of that spin. And then like I remember getting to my first like relationship. I didn't get to my first relationship till I was in college, and like I said, that ended, um, and that sent me into like. Cause at that point, that time period when I was dating that person, I, that was, I think one of the happiest I, I, I felt because I was like, I'm in college. Like I am living life. I am, I'm in college. I am, you know, I could, I could drink if I want to, I could smoke. If I, want. I got a girlfriend. I got my, you know, I'm, I'm in a fraternity, you know, shout out to Kappa Sig and all this other stuff. But like when that ended, I was like, all that's gone. You know, what, what, where, what, what do I do now? Right. And, and, and that depression creeps back up when you're always in pain, you get depressed and you feel, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, that you, you, I don't, I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but there are big debates, especially in California, like assisted suicide and stuff like that. Right. I have my own opinions of it that, um, but, you know, I've seen some, opinions of it that are, you know, arguing for the, the, the other side of what I believe. But like, are, are you <clears throat> pro or anti? Ooh, see, I don't know. I'm right in the middle. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. weird, right? Yeah. Because 
as 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 down bad as I was, I I, I don't think I would have ever done it. And I've I've been in some like dark like places and stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, the the so the worry is this. Okay. The worry the worry the 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 pushback is this. I think for the most part, people agree at the principle like you should be able to like control your own life, right? And you know, you as able bodied person, like God forbid, but like if you want to take your own life, no one's stopping you from doing that. Right? You don't, but like, you know, no one's stopping you. Yeah. The the worry is it becomes a healthcare issue. Okay. And what happens when a doctor makes that suggestion? Right. And the worry is that, well, hmm, it would be more financially beneficial for this person to, you know, you know, commit assisted, you know, assisted suicide than it would to keep paying for their, you know, oxygen that they need every month, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the worry. That's where I worry a lot because people say, oh, that wouldn't happen. And, you know, this is America. But like, I mean, name a policy in America that ha- isn't motivated by by money. What is what is, you know, most lucrative. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and when it comes to disabled people like, um, uh, you know, like eugenics is what it is. Like you look at people don't realize, but institutions have there are institutions that are, are still in this country and they've been a part of this country's fabric for a very long time. Look at how these people were um, treated, right? Go watch, if you haven't watched Crip Camp, it's on Netflix, it's a really good film. Um, and But they, they have some scenes in there where they talk about like um, institutions in like the 70s and stuff like that, that were like around and, and it's, it's hard to watch, right? I, I, I you know, and I, I think it's funny. Um, we talk about the world that we live in now, and I, I I'm low key happy that um, I'm I, I'm low key, not happy. I'm low key thankful. Like, if I was born in the '50s, I'm a Black American in the North Carolina. I could be an institution, you know. I could easily that could have been my life. Yeah. Um, if I was born a hundred years prior, what would my life have been? Heck, if I was born 50 years. And so, so, but when it comes to that actual subject we're talking about, that's where I'm kind of like about it. Cause like, I, 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 I get it. Right. Um, who am I to tell someone to keep on living? I mean, like, well, not, not sounds messed up, but like there are people, especially like, you know, let's say you have like a, a terminal ailment, you know, um, let's say you have like, was it, um, like uh was it alcs you know where like mm-hmm. you, you your body essentially just shuts down completely over time um you're that who, who am i to say when a person is like you know at the end of their road like at the end of their life to be like oh no keep keep pushing through like being yeah it seems so very patronizing like, right yeah yeah like it, it's one of those things like who am i to be like oh no like like it's 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 a very nuanced uh situation i definitely um i definitely see both sides i that's the thing i worry about i just worry about it being pushed on people and on and let's face it 
who's who's going to be affected by that the most, right? It's going to be black and brown people. It's going to be lower income people. It's going to be people that can't afford their health care or who have families that, you know, can't afford that. What if it's incentivized, right? Like there's just all these ways it could go um, that I'm like, I don't, I just don't trust our healthcare system to, and our political system to properly um, take care of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I have kind of a, a wrap up question that I think is kind of in this vein. So there was a, so there was this period of my life where I was really into researching CRISPR. You know what CRISPR is? I do not. CRISPR is this um, gene editing technology, basically, that was kind of discovered by this woman, Jennifer Doudna, and she um, basically found a way to, like, both for somebody who is, like, like a fetus and for somebody mm-hmm. who's, like, you know, already alive or whatever, um, you can basically edit your genes, right? Yeah. And then there was, like, these whole communities of people who are talking about, like, what are the ethical implications of that, right? Um, especially if you could do this on, like, a mass scale. Mm-hmm. And the obvious preliminary implications would be the ability to get rid of a lot of these super debilitating medical conditions. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, then you have a lot of conversation about these ethical implications of, like, oh, can you create, like, superhumans, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Um And I have been asking people, like, what, if you did have the ability to edit something out of the human genome, is there anything that you would get rid of? And usually I'm asking this question on, like, a trait level of, like, getting rid of violence or, like, the ability to feel shame or something like that. But, like, a lot of the responses I've gotten in the past have been around, like, you know, disabled communities, like people who are blind or something, and how actually... It, there is a lot of suffering involved, but also because we're kind of human beings, we also manage to assign some cultural value to that suffering at, in the same way. Yeah. So I'm just really curious as to what your your answer to that question would be. Like, obviously not killing people in this eugenics way, but yeah. like, yeah, what would you, like, if you had the ability to do that, what would you do? So that's actually a really good question. So um, I... I'll go back to when I was a kid, right? And so I remember as a kid saying, I wish I was normal. I wish I wasn't disabled, right? Um, and it's kind of weird because, like, I, I'm I'm thinking about myself. Like, if I could press a button, like, I wonder how different my life would be if I was not disabled, right? Um, like, me and DeAndre might not be friends. I'm not saying that my disability is the reason we're friends, but, you know, you just, it's... I mean, you, you have know, a completely you different life. Back, yeah, exactly. You know, you go back in time and crush a butterfly, you, you know, whatever type of deal. Uh, so right now, like as we're having this conversation, like I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain. And so like, yeah, oh God, yeah. I wish I could go back and just zap the other way. But I guess in the bigger sense, I worry about, so like you could get a rip, you could, so like with my, with my disease, it was, it's genetic. So for me specifically, you go out there and like zap it away. I'm sure it's more nuance and zapping it away but um see that's cooler <laughs> but so but what happens what what happens to the treatment of because you're still gonna have disabled people and i worry about what how does society take care of the people that like get hit by a bus or something like that or you know i don't know it's it's 
I'm all for I'm all for healthier, happier people. And I think if you could in like suffering and stuff like that, because there, I mean, you look at the type of things like uh, I meant to say this earlier, but like, you know, growing up in a hospital, you see like kids and stuff that are like you, you, you grow up playing Nintendo 64 with kids that have cancer. Right. You know, and, and, and their day to day life is um, I, I've actually took experimental medicine before. Um, there is this medicine that was supposed to make my like uh, uh, bones stronger, essentially. Um, and, and and the hope was at the his hope was that it could make it to where like I would not have breaks and I could like walk, but at very at bare minimum it was supposed to make it to where I didn't have breaks um, as frequent. Whether or not it worked, eh, I don't really know. Um, I don't really think it did to be honest. Um, but so there was that push just to try something that you know could help you know, quality of life. So I, in a, in a perfect world, sure. You know, uh, especially like you think about like cancer, right? If there is a way you can zap out genes and stuff like that, that would cause like, you know, cancer or stuff like that. Yeah, sure. But I guess my biggest worry is like, what do you do with the people that are going to be disabled afterwards? Cause like, let's say everyone is born able body. Let's say that everyone's born and, and we, we have, um, uh, this is gonna uh, not to get off track, not to get off track. But have you guys watched? Um, have you guys watched that show Invincible? No. Uh, no. Basically, so long story short, superhero show, and this guy comes. Spoilers. This guy comes from a planet of superheroes, right? There, everyone's a superhero, and so I was watching it, and I was like, "What do you do with the people that aren't superheroes? You know, um, what do you do?" And and that's I guess my same thing is like, "What do you do with the people that aren't?" Or that become disabled do they get left at the wayside so i that's my biggest concern with that because you're gonna you're gonna always have disabled people um and is it gonna be like go back to covid right if 99.9 percent of your people are able-bodied and only it only affects 0.1 percent what happens to that 0.1 percent because when you're dealing with six billion people that 0.1 percent are, are millions <laughs> you, you know like it, it's not a it's not a small number it, um me personally, yeah. If I could go and change, yeah, probably. But I definitely think about the the reaching implications of that. Uh, because in a real world, let's face it, we in America, yeah, sure, we get it. But if you live in a developing nation, look at look at the vaccine. You know, we're we're like, hey, the world's opening back up, pandemic over. Nah, it's not. There's people in developing nations that won't get that vaccine. So I I, I think about that realistically, right? Would people be able to get that therapy somewhere else? Um, I, I think, I think when you deal with disabled people, and it's like an overarching thing, when you deal with disability, um, it's not so much. You, you really have to think about every single person, right? It, yeah, I have a cool truck, and I have access to this and that, and there's a lot that I need, but. Think about the person that, you know, needs a rescue inhaler and, 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 and can't afford it. Think about the person that needs the insulin. You know, look at the price of insulin. Insulin should not be as high as it is. There's no reason insulin should be the price it is. And, and this is not, this, this is life-saving stuff. 
you know, as someone wanting easy access and affordable access, we say affordable, it should be free, but affordable access to life-saving medication is not too much to ask. Um, that's where I want people to start thinking, right? When you start voting, when you start thinking about candidates, when you start thinking about healthcare, people like, well, people got free healthcare, they'd be going out there getting free nose jobs and blah, 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 blah. No, they wouldn't. Marquise would just get a wheelchair easier, right? You know, put a face to it. Put a, put a, you, well, my grandma, yeah, well, think about your grandma. Ask your grandma, you know, how she feels, you know, how it feels going to the doctor. You know, ask, ask your, you know, everyone, I got a, everyone loves telling me, I got a disabled cousin. Talk to your cousin, really talk to your cousin about how they feel about their daily life, right? And, and, and see what they say. Because I, I bet you it's it's not what you expect, you know. I bet you it's it's not the 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 heartwarming response that you you want that makes you feel comfortable. Because my life isn't comfortable, and I don't think disabled people owe it to other people to make them feel comfortable. I hope you all enjoyed the two episode two parter we had with Marquise. Marquise, once again, thank you so much for Anytime. sharing your insight with us. Um, if you want Marquise's answer to the question we ask everybody, go back and listen to the last episode. But for right now, Marquise, do you want to share some some resources that people can go to to learn some more? So yeah, um, it's going to be real simple. Uh, if you guys have Netflix um, or we're not, look up this uh, documentary called uh, Crip Camp or Camp Crip, I believe. Uh, it's a really good documentary. It talks about like the ADA and stuff like that. And if you're on Twitter, um, look up this person, uh, Alice Wong. Alice Wong. Uh, look her up. Just type in the name. She should be the first person. She's a disability advocate. And that is basically your door to the world of disability and disability rights and advocacy. Um, I followed her and it really opened my eyes as a disabled person to the bigger world around me. Amazing. Awesome. And as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter, our Gmail, our Instagram. Um, Fayetteville Gang Gang 26. It's lit. 26, man. We out here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.